Thank you for downloading this podcast hosted by the Cambridge MBA. Today we have Akasua, a current MBA student who's pretty much winding down her MBA right now. And she's going to talk a bit about what she did on the Talent Meets Bertelsmann program recently. So Akasua, thanks very much for joining us. Tell us in 30 seconds a bit about yourself. Okay. Well, first of all, Conrad, thank you for having me here. It's a pleasure to be a part of this podcast. Uh, Like you said, my name is Akosia. Everyone calls me Ko. I'm from New York by way of Ghana. Uh, Before joining the Cambridge MBA, I worked in the finance industry at JP Morgan, but I actually took on the MBA to uh, undertake, I guess I would call it a radical career change to move into music and media. Um, And that desire was fueled by uh, Meraki Magazine, a online content creator that I launched in 2014. We focus on African media and entertainment. And just uh, once I saw how passionate I was about Meraki, I figured if I can turn this into my next career, why not? So you participated in the Talent Meets Bertelsmann program about a month ago. Tell me, what is Talent Meets Bertelsmann? Talent Meets Bertelsmann is a three-day event where students from all over the world, about 50, 55 of us, uh, gather in Berlin to meet uh, the media conglomerate Bertelsmann. Um, And Bertelsmann is a parent company that is comprised of several media companies, including Gruner & Yar, which is a a magazine publisher, Arvato, a services company, uh, Beat Printers, RTL uh, and Penguin Random House and also BMG, Bertelsmann Music Group. So it basically was a chance for us to meet Bertelsmann as a company, meet their executives, network with other like-minded students. Um, And the culmination of all of that was a case competition uh, where we got to present to a significant part of the executive board of Bertelsmann, including their CEO. Uh, So it was a great experience. Um, It was great to you know, not only meet new students and new people, but also get face-to-face time with um, executives as a company as prominent as Bertelsmann. It was a lot of fun. So for this case competition, um, I understand you were put into a team randomly. So what did your team have to do? Right. So uh, basically the way it worked is that before we arrived at Bertelsmann, we were split randomly into groups, but you didn't really get to meet your team until you arrived there. Um, And the teams were split based on the divisions of Bertelsmann that I mentioned earlier. Uh, so the corporate team, which is a team that I was on, Gruner & Yar, Arvato, B Printers, RTL, and Penguin Random House. Um, and basically what each team was tasked to do was to break a business case that was provided to us in detail on the day of the competition, which was the second day. Uh, we were given background information beforehand, but we didn't know what the actual problem would be until the, the day of the competition. Uh, so basically, we were given um, a business problem facing Bertelsmann. It, it could have been a very real problem facing any of those divisions. And at the end of the day, each team had to pitch a product to solve that problem. So Team Corporate, we focused on um, e-learning and how to disrupt the uh, e-learning market through um, some kind of program that had to do with medical. So it was, it was kind of a combination of health and medical and e-learning. Um, which is a new area uh, for Bertelsmann, but one that they're quickly, like, rapidly building up. So I understand your team came in first. So yes, you did. <laughs> what, what was the prize and what's next for this team? So, um, yeah, very, it was <laughs> very happily, um, my team, Team Corporate, won first place. Um, it's actually the first time in the history of Talent Meets Bertelsmann that Team Corporate has won first place. So it was uh, not only great for the team, but also great for you know everyone at Bertelsmann Corporate to get those bragging rights for the company. Um, 
The prize is an all-expenses-paid trip to New York City, which is, like I said, where I'm from, which is amazing because I get to go home. Um, and while we're in New York for four days, we'll meet with Penguin Random House, um, learn more about their business, meet their executives. Um, I think Brettelsman has some, some sightseeing excursions planned also. Um, but I'll be back with my team. And, uh, you know, even though we were only together for three days, uh, my teammates – I, I learned a lot from them, and it was, it was. I'm happy to see them again. <laughs> we have a. We've been chatting back and forth about all the things we're gonna do, and I've been designated the unofficial tour guide, so I'm, I'm planning a fun trip. That's great. Um, just shifting gears a bit. I know you. Uh, for you, music is a passion for yours, and you're a recording artist yourself. So, what do you think is the um, changes in the music landscape for artists like yourself? Right. Um, this is an interesting question. I think for artists, um, you're looking at two sides of a coin. So on the one side, the world is getting smaller thanks to technology um, and access and things like that. And because the world is getting smaller um, and because of technology, it's becoming easier for artists to put their product out there. So, you know, today, pretty much anyone can, you know, record a, a pretty you know, decent quality um, EP or album in their basement if they really wanted to. You can go out, you can buy the equipment, um, you can find someone who's a self-taught engineer and you can do it yourself. Um, so that's a good thing, is that it's becoming easier to put content out there. You don't necessarily need uh, a manager to do that. You can do it on your own. On the other side, though, um, because the world is getting smaller and because it's becoming easier to produce content, there's this oversaturation or this like this heavy saturation for the listener. And, you know, as listeners, we're constantly being bombarded with, you know, music and, and, and radio and, and music videos and things like that. And so for the, for the listener, sorry, it becomes a question of what do I want to listen to and what do I not want to listen to? Um, so for the artist, I think the problem then becomes how do I get people to listen to my music? Um, and I think the answer to that lies in um, building loyalty within the audience and um, telling the audience who you are, creating a story, and making your listeners actually like you as a person as well as an artist. Um, and all of that basically ties into building brand equity. I think it all comes to you know, making people believe in what you're doing. Um, and I think this is becoming possible through platforms like uh, YouTube and Vine, um, you know, SoundCloud and Bandcamp, all these um, channels that allow artists to kind of tell their story and connect with their audience more. Um, but like you said, I am an artist, and actually next Tuesday on the 11th, I'll be performing at the Snug on Lens Field. So if anyone wants to come and listen, <laughs> um, please feel free. I start at 7. Great. Just one last question. I mean, it sounds like from what you say that um, there's a shift in power in the music industry from uh, towards people like Apple Music, Spotify, who can determine which of the you know, six or ten artists appear on the homepage when someone, when a listener like myself, logs in. So do you think that's the case? And if so, or what can someone like Buttlesman do in the face of this change? Um, well, I think there is like a, t a tension right now in the, in the industry, um, and there is a shift, but I don't know if it's completely on one side, because even though you have... Um, you know, the players like Spotify and Apple Music and things like that. Um, you also have the distributors on the other side. So, I mean, you still have to get those rights in order to play the music. So I think there is still kind of like one hand washes the other going on. It's just a question of who's better at playing the game. Um, and I think for, you know, a company like Bertelsmann, they've been in the game for a very long time. Um, Bertelsmann was founded in 1835. 
And if we're talking specifically about music, um, the original BMG was actually founded in 1987 and then was relaunched in 2008. And so if we're looking at 2008, um, that's only seven years, but they're already the fourth largest music publisher in the world based on revenue. And um, the new BMG is actually the youngest major international player um, in the industry. So um, I think for a company like Bertelsmann, they have both history, but also innovation on their side. Um, and that's what they need to continue to do to, um, to continue to be a market leader, which they are. I think What's interesting about um, you know some of these some of these other platforms is that people are constantly talking about how much um, you know Spotify and Apple Music are like in the headlines and they're competing with each other, but for a, a music rights publisher or a distribution rights um, company, sometimes it's not about the big headlines; it's about um, how efficient you're making the process and how much easier you're making the process for the artist, and so you're kind of playing to a different audience in that sense. You're not you're not talking directly to the end consumer. You're talking about the people who are going to get to the end consumer. So I'm not sure if it would be um, really a BMG against against these um, other platforms. They need to work together. And I think as far as distributors are concerned, BMG is one of the better players in the game um, because they have both history and like the new age thinking on their side. Um, and when it's all said and done, it is all about innovation and, and bringing creative minds together and being aware of kind of like your market and what's going on. I think Bertelsmann does this, um, you know, by diversifying. They have a ton of different businesses going on, but they still allow each one to maintain its individuality. Um, and of course, being diverse, being an international company, consistently having new people in to bring in fresh ideas. Um, another thing I love about, um, you know, what BMG is doing on the music side is that they're representing both artists and distributors. So they are um, a music rights and recording rights uh, distributor, but they also represent artists directly, which is great because they can hear what's going on from both sides of the industry and use that information to make the process more efficient, which is what it's all about, is the more you can cut out the middleman, the more important I think you'll be. I think that's where the industry is going. Um, and then, you know, going back to bringing in new minds, um, Bertelsmann is very aware of the fact that they, um, you know, that diversity is important and that you want new ideas consistently coming in. So they do have an entrepreneur's program where, you know, every year they bring in a few entrepreneurs whose sole job is to make new businesses that can continue to disrupt the media industry. Um, and then, of course, they have TMB, where they're meeting younger people who may not go into Bertelsmann right away, but who are now on their radar. So in the future, when these you know top students um, become top employees, they'll want to go to Bertelsmann because they've had such a great first-time experience at this event. Um, so I think, you know, it's it's a difficult question because... You know, this industry is consistently changing with technology. You never know what's going to happen next. You know, one mistake can can have, like, dire consequences. But I think um, for music distributors, what's most important is um, trying to remain as efficient as possible and creating new ways to better represent the artist. Great. So how can listeners learn more about you? Is there a website for yourself? Um, I have a personal blog. Uh, that I created to keep track of my MBA adventures. It's from Harlem to Cambridge.wordpress.com, the number two. Um, and that's pretty much the best way to get in touch with me right now. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter. It's at Akosia AO, A K O S U A A O. All right. Thanks so much, Akosia. And uh, if anyone's in Cambridge on Tuesday, 
11th of August, that's yep. right. 7 p.m. 7 p.m. Yep. at the Slug. The Snug. No, the Snug on <laughs> Lensfield. The Snug on Lensfield. Just around the corner from the business school. Yep. Thanks very much. Thank you.